What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Ace Finch. I This is a new podcast venture for me. I just started podcasting. This is my first episode. This is called It's All Relative. What this is, is a podcast. If you love sports and you love Christianity, I will be tying Christi- my Christian views into sports topics. So we will be discussing both here. Uh... My background, I am a coach, I am a sports fan, uh, just like the rest of you. I grew up in sports, uh, my siblings all played, uh, my parents are coaches, so I do follow and have a great appreciation for athletics. I'm also a Christian, so I wanted to combine those two things. Um, if you like Christianity and if you like uh, sports, then this is the podcast for you. We're going to have several different um, uh, subheadings that we run by. Uh, the biggest one is going to be the th- Psalm, excuse me, 3730 Sports Wisdom of the Week. Psalm 3730 says, the mouth of the righteous utter wisdom and their tongues speak what is just. So, uh, That'll be our longest segment. After that, we'll have our Rock Chalk update, which is my KU update that I want to do every week. Um, might not happen every week. Might might be in place of something else, like a Chiefs update or something like that. Or if there's a national sports story that I want to discuss, that may be it because it is getting to be springtime. We don't have as much to talk about with KU since basketball just ended. And football's not for a while. Um, everything's royal, but the bullpen is our next segment. We're going to discuss royal stuff, and my goodness, how awful is that bullpen? Uh, and then our last segment is our David versus Goliath pick of the week. I'd like to do this every week. We will do it through June, starting with the. I'll start with the national championship game tonight, but we will we will do it next week with my um, playoff picks for the NBA playoffs. So with that said, let's jump into it. If you hear my dog in the back, well, whining in the background, it is just my dog. Uh, he he is just he and I this morning, and he does tend to whine. I'm doing this off my phone, so the audio quality might not be as good. But uh, I don't have the equipment for regular audio, so this is what we got for right now. Uh, we will be on iTunes hopefully next week. So subscribe and download on iTunes. I will update you all uh, when that happens. Let's get started, though. Uh, WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania review. I may, I am a wrestling fan. I will not talk wrestling very much on here, but we will cover the big shows, and last night was the biggest show of them all. Um, it, the lighting was beautiful. The first thing that actually jumped out at me was the Yolanda Adams, who is a gospel singer. Uh, sang America the Beautiful. So that's pretty cool uh, for a gospel singer to get recognition like that on a mainstream uh, program such as WrestleMania. The lighting was beautiful. Um, they, it was an outdoor show for those of you that didn't watch. So uh, just the lights, the lights that they put on with the production was gorgeous with that overhead shot. I really enjoyed that. My wife commented how pretty it was, and she's not even a wrestling fan. Um, best match of the show, to me, 
was um, Shane McMahon and The Miz. I thought they worked really hard, and it was a great show uh, that they put on. So kudos to those guys. Triple H and Batista also had a heck of a match. Uh, just a great card up and down if you watched it. Uh, really, I thought it was really neat also that the women actually did close the show. Um, just a great step for the women's evolution, not just in wrestling and sports, because for a, a women's match to close a show like that, you guys have no idea how big of a, of a step that is for women's athletics and entertainment and all that stuff. So kudos to them. They did a great job as well. Um, my favorite uh, thing about the evening, though, was that they started the night with the Universal Championship match. I, it was an unbelievable start. It was a surprising start. It shocked me when I saw it. I was watching on my phone, wheeling through Target because I had a, a work meeting last night. So I was waiting on my wife to get back from church because we got done. I got done working um, at about six. So I was waiting on my wife to come pick me up and. So I was watching my phone, and I was shocked as I watched it. And Paul Heyman came out, and they had uh, the Universal title match on first. Start off the show hot, man. And they did that. Um, and that was, that was a really good match. Um, I like the shorter matches. I like things that are, are more believable. And if, if there's, not, there's not a more believable wrestler on the planet to me than Brock Lesnar. So, because... He is real. Dude was a, an animal in um, in UFC, and then he takes what he did in UFC, and as a wrestler, not a professional wrestler, but an amateur wrestler, he was a national champion at um, Minnesota. And the dude takes that Greco-Roman style and the UFC and, uh, and, and meshes it into a very believable professional wrestler. With uh, Paul Heyman as his mouthpiece, they are the perfect combination. There's not a better talker in wrestling still. There hasn't been for 30 years. There's not one now than Paul Heyman, Paulie, Dangerously, whatever you want to call him. He is wonderful. And I think that if Ronda Rousey was serious about become, taking that next step in her career, uh, they should pair her with Paul Heyman because... She would be, she can't talk very well. And so for her to be able to talk better, um, put put her with Paul, with Paul because he could he could get her over just by, by talking her uh, matchup. Um, so that is my WrestleMania review. It's not going to be very long. I don't like to get in the minutia. I enjoyed the show. I hope you did as well if you watched it. Um, then my next topic... I want to transition to this. Speaking of getting smashed like people did at WrestleMania last night, like uh, Shane McMahon's head did in the skull-crushing finale um, from Miss on Concrete, uh, people getting crushed. Paul Pierce, man, he's been getting crushed all week because he said, if you didn't catch it, he said that he's better than Dwayne Wade. I... Love Paul Pierce. I always have. I always will. He's one of my favorite Jayhawks. He is my brother's favorite Jayhawk. He's a top five all-time Celtic. But he said that he's better than Dwayne Wade. 
and he got crucified uh, because he's not. Um, I and I again I love Paul Pierce guys, but he's not better than Dwayne Wade. Um, Dwayne Wade's got three rings. Is that right? Three. Maybe he got a fourth with Cleveland, but he had to ride Pine for it. I, I don't remember if he was on that Cleveland team or not. Um, but he got three rings. Paul's only got one. Uh, he Dwayne Wade was a better defender. He's more athletic. He's not a better shooter, but that's the only thing Paul Pierce had on him as a player. Um, in their prime, if you watch them play in their prime, and I know Paul Pierce is an underrated guy, but to me it's not close. Dwayne Wade's a better player. Uh, the other thing is, Ephesians 4.2 tells us to be completely humble and gentle, be patient bearing and bearing with one another in love. Listen, these guys are friends. I don't understand. Well, okay, maybe they're not friends. But but if the but the point is you shouldn't uh you shouldn't blast somebody like that like you shouldn't bring attention to yourself like that why do we have these talks these debates are fun to have I like having the greatest of all time debate I personally think it's LeBron James but I I like having the all-time great debate of who's better than who. They're fun debates to have, but they are pointless. And for you to bring it up on national TV and sort of bring somebody else down is pointless. Dwayne Wade's a great player. Paul Pierce is a great player. Let's let's leave it at that and move on. Because that's not humility. It's not humility for Paul Pierce to, to, to say, oh, I'm better than somebody else. Because that's, one, is completely subjective based on who you like and who you don't like and all that sort of thing. And two, um, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's classless because it's not, but you're just trying to draw attention to yourself. Me had a great career. You're a Hall of Famer. Like, Wayne Wade's a Hall of Famer. I enjoyed the, the, the battles that they had at the end of Paul Pierce's Celtics run, when um, LeBron James was on the Heat, those Eastern Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Semifinals games that they played against each other were awesome. So why can't we just enjoy it for what it was and what it is? And what it is is they're both great players. They're both Hall of Famers. They both should have... Um, Statues or banners, their whatever you want. Jerseys retired in their building someday because they meant that much to their team. Dwayne Wade is a top three all-time member of the Miami Heat. My, uh, Paul Pierce is a top five Celtic. They were great for their franchise. They were transformative. Their cities loved them. Why are we doing this, Paul? Why are you doing this? It doesn't make sense uh, for Paul Pierce to be doing this, and he's wrong. So. Um, but the internet needs to needs to back off my man Paul. They they kind of got on him a little bit too hard this week. Uh, they need to to back off of him a little bit there. Um, the next topic that I wanted to discuss with you is K the KU spring game this week. We'll talk about this more in the Rock Chalk update. But the thing that jumped out to me, Rick Ross became official. He's going to perform. At the KU Spring Game. Ace, why is that a big deal? I'll tell you why it's a big deal. 
Um, can you wins like two games a year in football? <laughs> University of Kansas, they don't win very much at all. So uh, for Les Miles to be a first-year head coach um, and to to be um, the, the national championship winning coach, he's the only coach at the University of Kansas that's ever won a national title. Um, and he didn't win it at Kansas. He won it at LSU, but no other head football coach that's coached at the University of Kansas has ever won a national title previously or won one at Kansas. So uh, he already brought some cachet in with him. Before he got there, they were a they were 122nd in recruiting. They had one recruit signed in one day on National Signing Day. He signed 18 recruits, including the number six uh, pocket passing quarterback in JUCO, Thomas McAvetty. Uh, he brings credibility, and this is just another sign of that, and it's just another sign that he's put a staff together that can get things done. We'll talk more about the spring game in a few minutes in our Rock Chalk update a little bit more in depth. I just thought that it was really cool that he uh, got Rick Ross to come because it's another sign that things are changing at the University of Kansas for the football program. Now, it doesn't mean anything if they can't win football games this fall which they may not be able to. But it does mean that the credibility is up, the cachet is up. He cut the recruiting numbers in half. They signed 18 kids. They went from 122 to 61 in recruiting in one day nationally, which is a big, big deal. So um, things are changing, I think, in Rock Chalk Lane. Maybe not this fall, but uh, in falls to come for sure. Um, West Miles is changing the culture there, which is good. Uh, Final Four preview is our last thing in the Psalm 3730 Sports Wisdom of the Week. Guys, I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. I don't. Um, I would like uh, for Texas Tech to win. I'm a Big 12 guy. I like Chris Beard. He's a, he's He coached at Fort Scott Community College. Uh, he was the head coach there 19 years ago. So... Um, I'm rooting for the Red Raiders. I think Virginia is very, very good. They play two uh, similar styles. And so uh, I think it's going to be first one to 65 wins tonight because they're both very good defensively. That being said, if one of them can get hot, I think you could see a blowout tonight, honestly. Um because they both can get hot and streaky and can make shots. And if one of them gets to knock down a few shots, I think Texas Tech the other night in the semifinal game started the second half 9 of 11. So if that can happen tonight, um, I think it's possible that Texas Tech pulled away and blew out. On the other hand, um, Virginia is a streaky team, and they can get hot, and they got a couple shooters. They, a Kyle guy can shoot a little bit, and they got a, a couple other guys that can shoot. And so they got some guys that can that can shoot it, and if they can get hot uh, and, and, and stifle Texas Tech offensively, uh, you could see what the other way. So it's like one of four possibilities could happen <laughs> tonight. Uh, either team wins close. 
or either team wins in a blowout. I can see both. Uh, I am rooting for the Red Raiders because, um, and this is another reason that I'm rooting for them. I saw a photo where they um, prayed after the, the national championship game. That's the first thing that they did. I think it's really cool. Um, oh, some of you may not, but but I think it's neat uh, that the first priority that they had was to pray after the game. I don't know whether Virginia did the same thing or not. I hope they did. Um, but but I, I only know that Texas Tech did it because I saw it. So good for them, good for Chris Beard. Uh, they have the right priorities. So, I think anything basically can happen tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think it'll be a close game. I have no idea which way it's going to go, but I am rooting for the Red Raiders. I will give you my picks coming up soon. Our Rock Chalk update. Um, we got two things to discuss here, guys. We're going to go late night more in depth, late night under the lights. But uh, but first things first, let's talk about Puka Williams. He did get that diversion. Um so he is going to uh, play this fall. It looks like I don't think he's able to participate still, but it does look more and more like he's going to be able to play. That is huge. He was probably the best running back in the Big 12 last year. Uh, you can make an argument for him or the kid from Iowa State or the or or just Hill from. Um, from Oklahoma State, uh, any of the three, I think you could make a strong case for. Listen, this kid is the most talented player that the University of Kansas has had in a decade uh, on the football field. He's the most talented running back uh, that they've had in my lifetime, at least. And I'm tempted to, I'm 26, and I'm tempted to say, uh, probably since Gale Sayers. I don't want to step on Gale Sayers' toes uh, and say that he's better than Gale Sayers because, you know, that would make a lot of uh, a lot of K-State, or I mean, I'm sorry, KU diehards um, angry with me, but, you know, especially the older ones, but, you know, this kid's combination of speed and power is unreal for somebody that is um, that, is that big. Uh, or I mean that that he's not big. He's like five foot nine. Um, so uh, for somebody that size to be that powerful and just his athleticism is 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 freakish. And uh, and it's good news that he's going to be able to play this year because he is um, one of probably their most important player offensively that they have. Um, the other thing uh, is a late night update. Um, late night under the lights. First time they're doing this this year in their spring football history. They're gonna make it like late night in the fall. I think Rick Ross is coming to perform. As I mentioned earlier, big deal for the program. Uh, you guys might think that's silly, um, especially some of you K State fans may think that's silly. I think that's awesome. Um, and it's not that Rick Ross is a big star now, because he's not. But it is the fact that David Beatty couldn't get Rick Ross. Uh, 
David Beatty couldn't get Rick Ross. Turner Gill couldn't get Rick Ross. Um, but Les Miles can because Les Miles coached guys that got to the NFL and made a name for themselves. Um, and so he has that cachet that he has guys that know this uh, guy and that can get him on the phone with him. Um, so the boss, Rick Ross, is coming to Lawrence on Saturday. Uh, one of the things I'd like to see Saturday is Thomas McAvetti. I'd like to see him, like I said, um, number. I think he's number six. Overall pocket passing quarterback, according to Rivals, um, or 24-7. Um, they are... <coughs> excuse me. They are... Uh, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see how, first of all, just how everything goes down um, with this new format in late night. I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, how Les Miles runs his spring game, because sometimes you don't get to see everything that you want to see. You know, I know people would like to see 60 minutes of football, but coaches are worried about their players getting hurt. And I understand that because KU had a clear cut um, starting quarterback. A few years ago in Michael Cummings and uh, dude got hit in the spring game and 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 ended and it ended his career so you don't want to see that uh, so a lot of times coaches are protective of their players in these situations a lot of times um, they are protective because they'll have people scouting the spring game from other teams so like they open the season uh, with Indiana State I think on August 31st, there's a possibility that somebody from Old Terre Haute, uh, Indiana, is uh, going to be there on Saturday and uh, that they'll be there to scout KU. So they're not going to give you everything. They're not going to give you every look that, that you want to see out of them. But I am curious to see how Thomas McAvetti runs the offense depending on what they do. Um, how the defense looks, defense is going to be a real question mark for this team. Um, they're losing a bunch of their starters on defense. I think 10 of them are gone because they've graduated. So they've got to rebuild their entire defense. So who stands out on defense is going to be a big thing. Whether Puka plays or not is going to be, uh, I'd like to see Puka on Saturday. Don't know if we will or not. Um, the wide receiving core. I'd like to see how they um, that that needs to be developed from last year a little bit. Uh, didn't have a lot of guys that that performed at a high level last year at receiver. Steven Sims, their best receiver, is gone. He's a senior last year, so he's audio. Who's going to step up and take that role of their their big wide receiver threat? Um, who can be that guy for them? That is a question that needs to be answered. And again, we're probably not going to get the answer on Saturday night, but uh, we'll get a little bit of a glimpse as to who it could be. Everything grew up with the bullpen. Uh, this is my weekly Royals review. Guys, this bullpen is 
We heard it was going to be better. It's not. And the Royals are what? Two and two and six now? Is that right? I'm looking it up right now. They are... They are two and six, I believe. Maybe two and seven. Two and six. They lost to the Tigers yesterday. That was not the bullpen's fault. That was a lack of offensive production. They only scored one 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 run. They, um, but the bullpen's cost them three games already, and we are eight games into the season, and. I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do when you have a you have a, st- a pitching staff. It's pretty good. Their starting pitching has overperformed, um, at least in in my estimation, for the most part. Their starting pitching has been pretty good. I don't know what you do though when you have a two-run lead heading into the eighth inning and and your bullpen can't hang on. Um, their ace, Brad Keller, he's been he's been pretty good, um, and their and their start and the rest of their starters have been pretty good, but uh, the bulk when you can't hang on to a lead, it's not only demoralizing to to the rest of the team, it's uh, it's uh, demoralizing to your offense, it's demoralizing. To, to everything you got going on. You cannot have a bullpen that is that bad and expect to win games because they got to get into the seventh. They got to get in in the seventh, eighth, and, and ninth innings. You cannot throw your starters much more than seven innings on a regular basis because they'll get hurt. They pitch too much. So uh, you got to let them sort of go after the sixth. And if you can't get into the um, seventh with a a lead or be able to maintain a lead uh, you are in trouble so my royal my my everything's royal but the bullpen review is just that uh, I I like their hitting lineup uh, when they get on base um, they can they've got speed seemingly everywhere uh, and they can they can really throw you off and steal some bases and run and they like to do that and that's the baseball that it's kind of baseball that I like to watch so to me they're fun to watch uh, but they are about as frustrating as going to the dentist and and not being able it's like getting a tooth pulled uh, with no novocaine um, it is it's so. Frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to listen listen to, and that that's a problem uh, for the Bruins, and it's going to be a problem the rest of the season. And and, and I had a guy I work at a sporting goods store, and he told me yesterday. He said if if your bullpen's bad, everything else is bad too. Um, I don't know that I necessarily buy that as much as he does, but I can see where he's coming from. Uh, goodness sakes. Because even if, uh, and there's some validity to that, I think, because even if they had a mediocre bullpen, uh, they would be, they might not be undefeated, but they'd be 7 1 or 6 2, and they set it 2 6, and already in the last, um, 
in the division and having lost uh, six in a row and, and three or four of those is thanks to that bullpen. So, um, bullpen's bad. It's going to be a struggle all year. We knew it was going to be bad, uh, but we thought it was going to be better. They kept telling us all offseason. Ned Yost kept telling us, oh, the bullpen's going to be better. The bullpen's going to be better, but but we haven't uh, haven't seen it. Uh, okay, lastly, that's the last thing for this week. Uh, David and Goliath pick of the week. Um, obviously, you know where we're going with this. It's it's my Final Four National Championship pick tonight. Um, we got Texas Tech and Virginia, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Texas Tech, I want to pick them so badly. Um, I don't think that I can. I got, I'm going to go with Virginia. Uh, guys, I think they're uh, just a better, just a smidge better <laughs> all around. Uh, they were my national championship pick for last year. And had their best player not gotten hurt, I think they would have gone to at least the Final Four. Um, but they didn't. They lost in the first round. So, I thought they were the best team all year last year. I think they're the better team in this game. I am going with Virginia and picking the Goliath. I say that in using air quotes because um, they are people are saying that Texas Tech is the Estrapio David even though they won the Big 12 this year. I'm not buying it. You shouldn't either. Texas Tech's really good. They have a chance to win this game tonight. And uh, and I say I give you my David and Goliath pick with absolutely no confidence. Uh, but, uh, but I wanted to give you one. Uh, so Virginia's my pick tonight. I'm rooting for Texas Tech though. Hope that I'm wrong. Uh, hey, um, so that's going to wrap us up this week. Um, we will see you next week. And as you enter the rest of the week, do something kind, keep the faith, uh, and, uh, and have a good week. We'll see you next time on It's All Relative. Be blessed.